Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. When I get home, I'm going to ask my wife, who was the spy? And I'm going to report back to everyone that it was Madison. Uh, but 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Like Caleb said in the video, tonight is the first night. Someone say first night officially in our Battle Ready series. You might say, Brandon, what in the world is this phrase, Battle Ready, we keep on uh, using or talking about? Uh, we really had a sense at the beginning of the year that God was speaking to us as, as, as a community. Uh, in case you didn't know, uh, just doing whatever you think is a good idea is not a good idea. Uh, Proverbs fourteen twelve says there's a way that seems right. It seems correct to us. But the end road is destruction. And so the key to successful living, like this is just a freebie, it's to go, God, what are you saying to me? I'm going to do that. And so every year we pray and we say, God, not just for our life personally, but God, for our life as a, as, as a youth community, as a family, what are you saying to us? And we really felt like God put this word on our heart, battle ready. And here's the idea. We believe what God's saying to us as a, as a community this year is that 2022 would be a year that we intentionally get ourselves battle ready. The, the, the reality is, in case you, you did not know, every single one of us, we are in a fight right now. And I do not mean with your mom or your younger sibling or that annoying person at school. Uh, we are legitimately in a fight for our soul. Every single one of us, we are in a fight for our soul. All our culture right now is in a fight for eternity, a, a, a fight for souls. Because the Bible says this, that just like Jesus is real, so is the enemy. John 10.10 10 says the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to de destroy. Jesus has come that we have life. And First Peter says we should be sober. In other words, we should be like paying attention. For example, someone in this room uh, before church tonight tried to trip me. I will not name names or point fingers, um, but, uh, I, but I now know, like, I need to be cautious around this person because he's trying to take my life. The, I'm kidding. The, 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 the Bible goes, be sober. Like, be aware that there's an adversary who is literally trying to destroy your life, to, to rob you of life, and, and his end goal is that you would spend eternity in a place called hell, not just far from God, but in eternal torment and damnation. We're, we're in a battle. And I, I hate to break it to you, but many people may be in this room, but I will say many people at large that go, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, are literally getting their butt kicked. And, and they're, they're, they're getting their butt kicked because they just don't know how to be battle ready. And so we are this year, we're gonna be in this theme pretty much all year. Uh, we're gonna do four different kind of big uh, volumes, collections, sections, series, whatever you want to call them, and uh, address this year kind of four really big topics. And I really felt like the first thing we needed to do is we needed to get our foundation right. And so I want to start tonight, volume one of Battle Ready. And uh, for the next eight weeks, we're going to be talking about the fundamentals. Um, how many of you know that if you don't have a good foundation, you will not last? Like if your house's foundation is messed up, your house will begin to sink. It'll begin to shift. It is, it is short-lived. And, and for, for many of us, even if we had all the tips and tricks of how to be spiritually prepared, for many of us, we just don't know the fundamentals. For, for many of us in this room, we just do not know the fundamentals of the way that Jesus has asked us to live. And therefore, we can be as spiritual as we want. 
we can worship and pray and do the best we can, yet, yet we will still in the end find ourselves not always having victory. Why? Because we just, we don't have a good foundation. And so I want to talk tonight about the fundamentals. And uh, we are for the next eight weeks, we're going to talk about eight different things that are fundamentals the Bible gives us for us to have a life that is battle ready. Second Timothy chapter one, verse six is where I wanted you to turn. It is a very short verse. It's the only verse. That's not true. I was going to say it's the only verse we're going to read tonight. That is that is far from true, actually. Uh, but 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it's kind of the, the verse that I want us to, 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 to base the whole night on. And Paul is writing to a younger man named Timothy. Timothy is like his protege. Uh, Timothy is, catch this, he's the pastor of, at the time, what is the largest church in the world. And yet Timothy is a young man. T- Timothy's young, he's inexperienced, but, but, but God's asked him to do something. As a matter of fact, one of the things that Paul tells Timothy in the book of First and Second Timothy, which I highly re- recommend you read as a young person, um, but he says this, he says, let nobody despise your youth. Do you know who I think despises our youth more than anybody else? We do. I, I'm not really qualified for that. I don't really think God really actually wants to, and and Paul goes, Timothy, do not let anybody despise your youth because right here, right now, you are called to something. And so he's writing to Timothy and he says this. He says, therefore, I remind you. Does anybody hate being reminded of stuff you feel like you already know? Uh, I, I have three kids, or I'm sorry, four kids. Uh, I apologize, Bethany. You are a valuable part of our family, even though you're only three months old and I forgot about you for a second. Uh, we have four kids, three, though, that have been alive for a little bit longer. And Brooklyn, my five-year-old, she hates being reminded about stuff. Like, I'm always telling her to stop being mean. I want to say stop being a little jerk, Brooklyn, because, like, like, I'll give you an example. The other day, my wife went to the grocery store. She came home, and my son, Graham, he goes, Brooklyn! Mom bought veggie straws. And she goes, I already knew that. Stop telling me stuff I already know. And, and there's something in us sometimes. Like, I don't really want to be, like, reminded. Like, just, but Paul goes, Timothy, let me remind you of something. Let me remind you and keep reminding you to stir up. Someone say stir up. To stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Title of the sermon that I want to preach is a sermon that I've titled this, How Do I Get Back There? How do I get back there? We've prayed a couple times, but I want to pray one more time tonight and ask that God, he really would take these moments and he really would speak to us. Because here's what I believe, that every single person in here tonight, um, not only are you loved by God, but you're called by God. Not only are you loved by God, but God actually legitimately has a purpose and a plan for your life. And maybe tonight for the first time, but I just got a sense that for a lot of us, um, it's not the first time that God has been speaking to us. That God at some point in our life has spoken to us. And I think tonight God wants to remind us and stir us back up to some things that God has already said. And so let's pray. Just invite God to speak to us. And then we're going to jump into this. God, tonight we thank you for the Bible. And we thank you that it really is our our greatest tool through your spirit to become battle ready. It's our greatest tool to say, God, we want to be ready to face everything that comes our way. And so, God, we ask tonight that you really would, through the power of your Holy Spirit, right now, captivate our attention 
Just, just draw us in, cause us to lean in, not to a preacher, but God, to what you are saying through your spirit to us tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Um, by show of hands, how, how many people in this room tonight, uh, you are like a vivid dreamer. You don't just dream, but like you have like crazy dreams. Like, like not, not a lot of people. Okay, maybe more people than I thought, actually. I got some hands like, you know, right here where you can barely see them. Um, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not a vivid dreamer. Um, I don't. I don't have wild, my wife has wild dreams. Like, like she, she dreams dreams that could be scripts to movies. Like they're intense. There's like full plot lines. I have random, really weird sometimes, but like pretty normal dreams that I can only remember parts of them. Um, and, and I think that dreaming something that whether we have wild, crazy, vivid dreams, like we all, we all dream. Like I don't think, maybe there's some people on the planet that they go to bed and all you see is blackness. But I think for some of us, like just so we know that we're on the same page. By show of hands, have you ever had a dream before? Okay, that's all of us. Cool, so we're on the same page. Um, but have you ever had a dream before that was so good that when you woke up, you were disappointed? Have you ever had a dream that was just so good that, that you tried to go back to sleep and get back in that dream? Have you ever done that before? Okay, so when, when I was little, I had this, uh, Isaiah, you could maybe appreciate this. Maybe you're the only person in the room. Maybe, maybe Kimberly, wherever Kimberly is. Um, but uh, when I was little, I, I shouldn't say little, when I was in middle school, I, I used to skateboard. I wasn't very good. But my dad took me one time, uh, or really he chaperoned me and some friends going to this event uh, in our city where there was gonna be a bunch of professional skateboarders. And one of the skateboarders, I, you might not know who this is, um, but Chad Muska was gonna be there. Do you know who Chad Muska is? You know the name, you go do your homework, bro. You need to get salvation. Um, but he, at the time, he was like my favorite skateboarder and uh, I, I love Chad Muska. And so he was there at this event. And for like six months, probably longer, I had this reoccurring dream where I was skateboarding with Chad Muska. I was at the event that we went to in this city. And almost every time, like, it's like I, I realized in the dream, like, whoa, I am skateboarding with Chad Muska. And I am shredding this skate park right now. And then I'd wake up. And I, every time I would try so hard to get back to sleep, so hard to like, hey, I just like think about it, think about it. I, I want to, I want to, I want to go back there, and I, I, I could never do it. In, in, in a similar thought, um, how, how many of you have ever had like a bad dream, a scary dream, something that just startled you, horrified you, and and you wanted just nothing, nothing less or nothing more than to not have that dream again, but you could not stop thinking about it. You ever, you ever been there before? Like there's been times that I've had to get up, turn the lights on, go walk around somewhere, like just get it out of my mind and then go back to bed. And, and I, I use that analogy because I was thinking about how that's actually for a lot of us a, a, a maybe reoccurring thing that, that happens in our relationship with God. And allow me to explain. We, we go to a camp, we go to a conference, we go to a church service. Uh, maybe we just have been like having a really good month of spending time with God. And, and we feel like for maybe once in our life, God's actually really close. We, we feel like maybe, maybe for once in a long time, hold on, I really do sense that when God is real and God is speaking to me and I feel like, like, like I'm close to God and like God loves me and, and, and something in all of us, I think, we, we get in those moments and we go, I just don't wanna leave this moment. But have, have, you, ever, have you ever like had this feeling, this sensation that like you're having this moment with God. Like let's just say we're at a summer camp or something. And it's like, man, God is so good. God is moving. This is awesome. 
But, but you can already sense yourself like slipping back into to real life. Does this ever happen to you before? And it's like, man, like I, I want to go back to that place. I want to go back to that, whether it's a feeling or a sensation or like a, a, a moment where it's like, I, God is so real and God is, I want to go back there, but you just can't get back there. And I think for a lot of us, kind of like a bad dream, we even think about our old life or we think about life on the other side of this experience. It's like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to think that way. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to be bound by that sin, yet kind of like a bad dream, we can't seem to, to figure out how to get back here, and we inevitably just slip, slip back here. And here, here's what I think it is in me and what I think it is in a lot of us. I think we don't understand that, that when God begins to do something, that he hands us the responsibility to keep it stirred up. 2 Timothy 1.6, listen to what Paul says. He's speaking to, again, his son in the faith, and he says, Timothy, I want to remind you, Timothy, I, I want to make sure you have it in your thinking that you don't, you don't forget, you don't, you don't miss it, that you've been given a responsibility to stir up. That word stir up, it, it means to kindle, to uh, inflame one's mind or strengthen oneself with, with zeal, with passion. Have you ever tried to keep a fire going before? Uh, we have a wood-burning fireplace in our house, and my wife loves doing fires in our fireplace, and I hate it. I hate it because my wife, she just likes to chill and, like, drink hot cocoa or coffee and look at the fire. And who you think has got to keep that thing going? This guy. And I suck at fires. And so I spend, like, the whole evening where we're supposed to be watching a nice fire, like, every five seconds being like, I've got to stupid fire. I I hate it, but the analogy Paul's giving is, hey, Timothy, I want to remind you to keep fanned, to fan the flame, to stir up and keep kindled. Listen to what he says, the gift of God. Can can I just read you this definition because it's easier than trying to explain it? That phrase, gift of God, it means the unearned, undeserved favor the divine grace of God, any gift that God gives you, whether faith or knowledge or revelation, anything that begins to happen in our life is a gift from God. You, 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 you feel like, I just, I just know that I'm called by God to do something. That's a gift of God. That's God handing you a gift saying, hey, I want you to know, Rebecca, you're called by me to do something great on this earth. You, you all of a sudden, you just feel like in a moment, like, man, I'm, I'm, I just can sense God's close to me. That, that's a gift from God. Hey, I want you to know I'm close to you. I'm with you. It's the gift of God. Anything God gives you is a gift, but you can write this down, point number one, what Paul is helping us to see, that what God gives, we have to steward. That word steward, I know it's kind of like an old fogey, like, old person Bible word, but stewardship is just, is simply this. It's the task of taking care of something that has been given or entrusted to you. Like, let me give you the example. Uh, oh, will you mute Isaiah's bass real quick? I don't know if you could tell. It's probably why worship was so good tonight, you know? 
because I was destroying the bass. Actually, I'm not very good at bass, and if you play bass, you should come to our student leader meeting, and you should start playing bass for the band. But this is not my bass. It's not mine. This is Isaiah's bass. He, he gifted it to me or entrusted it to me to play tonight. What do you think, I almost dropped it in my bed. Uh, what do you think Isaiah's expectation was that I took care of this? Like, like I was like, uh, Isaac, where Isaac, Isaac, can I get a pick? I want to like, and, and Isaiah's like, whoa, whoa, bro, bro. No, 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 not on my bass. These strings were meant for groove, not for some punk rock. Like, get out of here with that. Like, and he, he, he gifted me this or entrusted me with this to take care of. Please don't fall. That'd be the worst sermon illustration ever. <laughs> Stewardship is simply caring for something that someone's given you. If I said, hey, bro, I want to buy you a brand new car, you'd be like, okay, but the expectation would be that you're going to take care of it. I, I, I know someone that someone gifted them a car, and it's not their fault. They just didn't know better. They didn't know you had to change the oil, and so they never, ever, ever changed the oil, and the engine, like, exploded, and um, the person that gifted them the car was not super happy, um, but that's stewardship, Stewardship is taking care of something given. And what you have to realize is that what God gives you and I, we're called to steward. Here's the reality. God's kingdom operates on the principle of stewardship. In other words, faithfulness matters to God. I want to read you a couple of verses. Luke 16, 10, listen to what it says. Luke 16, 10, it says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. In other words, the Bible goes, God's paying attention to how you care about things. God's paying attention to how you steward things. If I let you babysit one of my kids and it did not go well and they were like not taken care of, do you think I would drop all four of my kids off at your house? No way, because stewardship matters. The Bible says this, Mark chapter four, verse 24. Oh, this, this one hurts. Ooh, this one hurts. Then he said to them, take heed or pay attention to what you hear. Pause. Let's acknowledge tonight that what we are doing together is we're hearing something tonight. When we gather together, what we are doing, every time you go to church, like just, I put this in your pocket and remember it because you will stand before God one day and, and actually be accountable for stuff like this. But every time you come into God's house and you are hearing God's word, that's a gift. Here's what the Bible says. Hey, pay attention to what you hear. These are Jesus' words, not mine. Pay attention to what you hear because with the same measure that you use it, it will be measured to you and to you who hear, more will be given. In, in other words, what, what Jesus says is, hey, you should pay attention actually to the things that you hear. Why, why, why is that? Oh, I'll tell you why. Because uh, this is a stewardship thing. And with the same measure that you use it, I'm, I'm going to get that scoop and I'm going to give you more to that degree. So if I give you something and you only use a quarter of it, the next time I speak, I'm going to give you a quarter because the kingdom of God operates on stewardship. 
One more verse I want you to read. Proverbs 26, 20, listen to this. It's talking about uh, someone who is rather annoying. Do you know that person, by the way? Do you know anybody who you're like, my goodness, I love you, but I'd love you more if you weren't next to me right now. Um, please don't point at your neighbor. It says, where there's no wood, the fire goes out. Duh, like gr- great thought. And where there's no tail bearer, or we'll just translate 2022, frustrating, annoying person, strife ceases. But the point of the passage is when you take away the wood, the fuel for something, the fire goes out. And do you know what, what, what so many of us do? We have moments with God. Come on, like, I, I think we probably all had at least a moment with God. We're, we're at a camp, we're at a conference, we're at a church service like this, we're praying. Maybe God just shows up in the middle of nowhere. I, I, I went to get a new gym membership. I know obviously you can tell I work out, duh. Um, it's like, I mean, it's obvious. Um, but uh, the, <laughs> this is a kind of funny story. Uh, the person that was doing like the gym contract thing, uh, she, uh, she goes, oh, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a pastor. And she goes, <gasps> get out of here, no way. Like, you'll never, you're never gonna believe this. She goes, I've been sober for seven days now. I've been an alcoholic for like a lot of my life. I've been sober for seven days. And how I got sober is God kept on sending people in here that were getting gym memberships that were pastors. And like every one of them had something from God to like, what, what is that? It's a gift from God. Out of nowhere, here is a gift that God is giving this woman. And, and what happens to so many of us, God gives us a gift. God speaks to us. We sense his presence. He's close to us. We feel called, whatever it might be. And then we just don't steward it. And so like a fire that loses its fuel, it, it dissipates. You can write this down. Second thought I want to give you that if you go, well, how, how do I stay stirred up? How do I steward it? We, say, we stay stirred by fixing our focus. A random question, feel, feel no need to answer, but you can answer if you want. When you wake up in the morning, what's the first app you open on your phone? <laughs> Where does your focus go for so much of the day? Here's what the Bible says, Romans chapter eight, verse five. It's one of my favorite verses. It says, to those who live according to the flesh, it's because they set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, it's because they set their mind on the things of the spirit. Here's what I wrote in my notes, that wherever your mind is focused is the direction that your life will be led and settle in. Your mind is what leads and sets the course for your entire life and where, your, and, and where you set your mind is where you end up being. Did you know that God's actually given you the responsibility to set your mind? Colossians 3.2 says this. Colossians 3.2, the Bible goes, set your mind on things above, not on the things of, uh, of the earth. Why is it sometimes that we act like we have all the control and all the power when it's convenient, but then we act like victims when it's not convenient? We, so it's like, why, well, yeah, man, like, it's just, I'm, I'm super busy, Brandon. You know, I got a lot of school and it is ridiculous. I'm gonna use, you almost use a different word. Um, I don't have to tell you that. I don't know why I told you that. It, it, is, it is ridiculous how 
how much we forget that we actually get to set the course of our life. And for many of you, you've let culture control where, where, where your mind is. Like there's people in this room that you would have a panic attack if, if someone told you you had to get rid of your social media because you bought into the lie that if I do not have social media, I, 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 don't, I don't have life. Like you've forgotten that the Bible goes, actually, man shall not live on Snapchat alone. Man shall not live on Instagram alone. Like, I think we got to do a better job contextualizing the Bible because we have verses like, yeah, man, man shall not live by, by bread alone. What contextually, what Jesus was saying is, yeah, I don't live on what my flesh tells me that I need. I don't live on what my cravings tell me that I must consume. I live on every word and the presence and the spirit of God. And for some of us, we, we've allowed culture to literally just dictate where our mind goes, and it's killing us. Paul, Paul goes, uh, do you want to know how people live, like, following Jesus and, and being really godly and stuff? Yeah, like, is it supernatural power? Nope, not actually really. Is it because they're, like, called by God? Nope, actually not really at all. It's just because they put their mind on those things. That's, that, that, that's the secret sauce. And you have to realize the, the way that you set your mind, or I should say this, the way that you say stirred up and, and you keep stewarding or taking care of what God's given you is by putting your thinking on it. I'm gonna give, give you just a couple of thoughts. You might go, what, what are some thoughts? What are some ideas? Um, you, you could write these down just how, I don't know how, how, how they'll be in the screen, but um, I don't know, how about like daily time with God? How about just reading the Bible, praying, worshiping? You know, one of the things that, that I've discovered, I was talking to a friend today and, and we were talking about how powerful this has been. Um, I've never in my whole life, how, how old do you think I am, somebody? How old do you think I am? 46? Man, you're trying to trip me. You're trying to, okay. Anyways, um, in my whole life, my whole 22 years of living thus far, um, I, I, I've, never, I, I've never used the audio Bible. Like, I don't know why. I'm always like, no, I just, you know, I'm a devoted man of God. I'm going to read from the black letter ink on the page. And I'm going to study. And we were actually talking about how a friend, a friend of mine, me and him, we didn't even realize we were doing this. But this year, we kind of have actually been doing more audio Bible than actually reading the Bible. And we were talking about how actually it's uncovering the way the Bible was kind of intended to be consumed. Because when scripture was written, it was not written and handed out for people to, 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 to read and circle and underline and take notes and critique. It was written to be heard orally spoken in our ears in public settings like this. And actually just listening to scripture, it's uncovering more of the relational aspect that we're supposed to be sitting at the feet of Jesus, if you will, listening to his words. How about just going, you know, maybe not all day, but part of my day, I could like listen to scripture rather than just listening to music and podcasts and shows and quick things on social media that are doing nothing but decaying my soul. What, what about just like memorizing scripture? When's the, like just actually, when's the last time you memorized the scripture on purpose? When's the last time you were like, you know what? I'm going to memorize this verse. 
Can I tell you when the last time I memorized a scripture on purpose? I, I've, I know a lot of scriptures. That is not a, 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 a way of bragging. That is a way of telling you something uh, that, that's not maybe good about me. I know a ton of scriptures because I'm a pastor. And because when you preach one to two times a week using the Bible, you just start remembering stuff. But I was thinking about this say, you know the last time that I like memorized a scripture like on purpose? I was like 17, 18 years old. That was a long time ago for me. Why, why don't I do that anymore? When's the last time you just said, I just need to memorize and get in my heart? What, what about this? What about just listening to worship music? What about just listening to Christian music? Did you know that you could actually research and find like super good music that actually will put something good in your soul? What, what about listening to, 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 to sermons on repeat. I, I have a new habit this year. I'm trying to listen to one sermon a week, but I'm trying to listen to it at least three to four times because I don't just want to listen like, ah, oh, cool, good thought. I want to like think about and meditate and consume. God, what are you saying to me? What about just writing, drawing, creating music and art about God? What about just going on walks? My point is there are so many ways that you can just go, God, I want to intentionally just start setting my mind and reminding myself of what you're speaking, what you've said, what you've called me to. I, I, I close with this and uh, Kimberly, whenever you feel prompted or led or you want to, you could come play keys. Um, but, but I close with this. Number three, you can write this down be, because here, here's the reality that I, I want you to get, just, just get in your heart. What we don't steward will begin to fade. I mean, I, I, I've been doing this for 13 years, doing, do, doing youth stuff, being a pastor, preaching, um, you know, for, for youth in different spaces. And do you know how many people, like, how many people I've, I've, I've had a relationship with, a pastor that I've been around, who are, like, passionate about God? And, and then they're, like, the farthest thing away from God. Why? Because all that passion, all that zeal, all that excitement, all that, no, I'm in, man. God's called me. I, I know all of it begins to fade when we don't steward it. Can, can I read you as we close one of the most awkward verses in the whole Bible? Like how many by show of hands, you believe God is a loving God? Okay, that's like, okay, cool. How many of you would say that God is generous and merciful? Like God's a good God. Okay, um, he is all those things. So in light of that, can I read you like one of the most awkward verses I think are in the Bible? Be, because it, it messes with the way we think about our loving, awesome, wonderful, gracious God. Listen to this, Matthew chapter 13, verse 12. This is Jesus. He says, you know, for whoever has, to him more will be given. And he'll have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. It's not fair. Wait, wait a minute. God, loving, gracious, wonderful, awesome. That's, that's not, that's not justice. This is God's kingdom though. See, this passage is on the tail end of a parable he's telling about stewardship. And here's what he says. He says, all right, here, here's the deal. Um, to everybody who I've given something to and they steward it and they take care of it 
and they keep it stirred in their heart. I'm, 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 it so pleased me that I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm into faithfulness. I am into faithfulness. Like, I, I want to give you so much. I want to give you so much blessing and reward. Oh, man, I want to speak to you. I want to give you revelation. I, I want to show you who I am. I, I want to. And so if you take care of it, I'm going to give you more. And you'll end up having an abundance. An abundance of what? An abundance of God of his words, of his presence, of the life-giving relationship, he says, but to those who don't steward it well, what ends up happening is little by little, it just gets, it just gets taken. Be, because I, I give gifts on repeat to those who take care of and steward. You know what happens to so many of us? We have great encounters with God God speaks to us, God talks to us, God does something in our life, but for, forgive me for stepping on your toes, but we feel entitled to it, don't we? We, we feel entitled. Yeah, God, all right, I'm here again. Paid my 155 at Encounter Retreat. Do it, God, I'm here. And, and, and God is loving and God is gracious and God is merciful and God wants to meet you where you are every single time. But we gotta realize we're not entitled to this. God is graciously, generously wanting to pour upon us all that he is. And every time he does, 2 Timothy 1.6, Paul goes, Timothy, Timothy, Timothy. Hey bro, I, like, I know you already know this, but can I remind you of something? Yeah, what's that, Paul? Um, stir up the gift of God that is in you. Stir up. Do you know how I know that Timothy already knew this, but he, he, he was just forgetting a little bit? Is these letters that we count as books of the Bibles, they're letters that were written to, to people or groups of people. They were written pastorally. So Paul, whether he just had a sense from God or the last time he visited or the last time he spoke to Timothy, on Snapchat, he, he, he just noticed, man, I just, I don't know, I noticed, Timothy. I, it just feels like to me, you're not really taking care of the gift that God's given you. It kind of seems, Timothy, like you're just in this routine. Kind of feel like, Timothy, you're just in this spiritual rhythm that you go to church on Wednesdays, you do LYC, maybe a little bit on Sundays, and then you just like live your life, but you're not really taking care of the precious gift that God's given you. You're not using it. It's not fresh anymore. Hey, hey, Timothy, could I just, can I just remind you? Stir up that gift. You, you know what I love about this? And, and, and we, we'll close right here. What I love about this is that obviously Timothy needed to hear this. You know what that tells me? That if you haven't stirred up that gift in a long time, that there's grace for you to stir it up now. That there's a verse, Romans eleven twenty nine. 29. If you're a note taker, you could write this down, but it says the gifts and the callings of God, irrevocable. The gifts that God gives you and the calling, he's never gonna go, nope, too bad, you're done. He, he doesn't do that. Anytime we graciously come back and say, God, I haven't been doing a good job 
of keeping this stirred up in my heart. But God, I want to stir it up again. He goes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to meet you right there again. And so I just want to encourage as we close tonight, you know what the first fundamental is? Like you really want to be battle ready. You really want to be prepared for all that God has. The first fundamental is you have to learn to steward what God's already given you. So here's my question tonight. What has God already spoken to you? What, what do you already know God has called you to do? What do you already know that God's given you as an instruction? What do you already know that God's given you as a promise that you're currently not taking care of? You're currently not being intentional to, to keep your mind on it, to focus on it, to remember it. You're currently not doing it, applying it, using it. Can I just encourage us? Stir up the gift of God because God has so much more for your life. God has so much he wants to do in your life. God has so much for, for you. And he graciously, generously wants to give it to you as you steward. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.